Hello and welcome to the petrol head talk that I recently invented. It used to be news, now it's the petrol head talk, so it's a tentative podcast. Sounds good. Yeah, and again with Manuel. Yes. Welcome, good morning, and thank everyone. you very much. Um, yeah, um, since you're here, tell us what you have been up to. Yeah, there's not been too much going on in the past couple of weeks. Um, was mostly busy working, the pre-Easter stress that we had in the company. Um, nevertheless, I was not, not doing anything. Um, I basically improved my skill set by designing my battery tray in CAD. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, the ones that, that saw my channel, the battery tray from the repo was not in the best condition. It was previously already welded and uh, some strengthening bars were welded in. So it's, it's not pretty at all and it's already quite rusty again. So I decided, hey, instead of trying to find a 35, 40-year-old that is not new, basically, um, I wanted to create my own that looks similar, at least. It doesn't have to be 100% the same. And yeah, so I basically started designing it on the computer. Um, and this weekend, I basically started cutting out the metal, starting to put it in shape, trying to prepare it for, for welding. And I'm basically at the stage where I could basically weld the pieces together and um, test fit it. But um, I realized that my welding machine that I have is definitely not enough. I just have a flux core welding machine, so no gas. Okay. And uh, the, the metal that I have, or the, the, the um, not filament, that's 3D printing, the, the core, the, the flux basically, um, it's, it's super cheap. It came with the machine, so it's definitely nothing really good. Um, so yeah, I basically have to, to go to my friend's place, uh, to the garage where I'm usually, and uh, use his welder because he has a, a much better welding machine and gas. So uh, yeah, that, that's basically the next thing to do. Um, I wanted to do it today, but since the machine was, has been borrowed by someone else, it's not there. So it will probably be next weekend where I mostly want to finish this uh, battery tray. And then it's, that piece is done, so the video will then come out as well about the battery tray. And uh, yeah, there's also a bit of an update on the cab. So um, we have on, I believe it's the 16th of April, we have the Sechseleuten, that's a half day public holiday in the city. Um, I typically take the whole day off. And since the sandblasting place is outside of Zurich, they don't have a public holiday, which means that uh, at that date, I will have the chance to finally pick up the cab, drop it off, discuss with them what they should do. And then like a week later, I should be able to pick up the uh, cab again. And then work can finally commence on putting the cab, well, not really putting it back together, but first of all, get rid of the rust holes. And once that is done, putting it back together. And then the car or the pickup will kind of look like a pickup again. <laughs> nice. But in the meantime, I think you have been working on something non-Mazda, right? Uh, I saw that you had uploaded a video. Oh, the, the Evo. Rusto Lucian 8. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm not that myself really working on it. Uh, it's mostly my friends. They have been working on it, that's right. Um, the left frame has been replaced, so it's already back in. And they started now working on the right one. The problem was that the left one was on stock in, I think it was England, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the right one, however, was only available in Japan. So that took quite a while longer with our dear Suez Canal and everything. Um, so that took quite a while longer. Um, it arrived finally last week. And uh, yeah, basically now in the next one, two weeks, they will commence with that. And once that is done, it's then basically working on the axle, putting it back together. 
um, coat the under underfloor with some anti-rust uh, mixture. Um, do the, the uh, hollow cavity sealing, like all this stuff mm -hmm. will then definitely also be done. Realistically speaking, I suspect it will take another one and a half, maybe two months until the Evo is pretty much done. Okay, but it looks like it will be back on the road again. It will be, At yeah. some point. Definitely. Nice, good to hear. Um, <clears throat> about me a little, uh, so not much going on uh, since the last Petrohawk talk mm -hmm. we did. Uh, I have been working on a few things. Um, for example, I was trying to get uh, a few people. I invited them on the on the channel. So, for example, uh, Sylvain Kuster, who does a who's a Swiss YouTuber who also has a few car topics. Then the guys from Grip and Drift, they will join us in a in a podcast in the future. Cool. Um, as you can see, we are in a different location today. Again, it's not exact. I mean, we have been here before when I did the news myself um, in the garage where the cars are parked. Um, yeah, but I don't think this is a permanent facility. We just <laughs> thought we we mix it up a little. Um, so we don't bother you too much in your right. living room. <laughs> and no problem. <laughs> yeah, and I'm working on a on a studio setup um, in the basement. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in, in, cool. In my basement. Let's see if it'll it'll work out. As, as I think nobody's surprised, uh, stuff is delayed, and yeah, it does not arrive in time. So let's see. <laughs> I hope it will be ready for the next one, and then we probably, or I hope we will have less trouble with audio and video and organizing everything let's see cool let's see and of course i try to organize a few more reviews it's just rather difficult to get the cars um yeah, yeah it's i mean the the uh, the press people or the press officers they say they don't have um enough enough cars and of course they would give it to people that have a bigger mm. um viewership i mean i understand of course um, I reached out to a few dealers around here to see if I can have one mm -hmm. of their demo cars. Let's let's see if something... Um, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, it would be really cool to do a few more cars. I mean, that's... Well, let's say that was my primary motivation mm -hmm. to start this. Although I am starting to enjoy these podcasts a yeah, lot. Cool. <laughs> I really like to do them. And uh, as you saw, I was so eager to really do this one on time. And we are on time. This is Easter Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could not... Well, we could have done it yesterday, maybe. It's a oh. Sunday to keep the tradition of Sundays. But um, yeah, as far <laughs> it's as... technically speaking, still a Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's a public holiday. Yeah, it sort of is. So yeah, we, we have never been this, this punctual. And we are at the beginning of the month. Yes, yes. That's, that's a good thing. It could not be better. <laughs> right. Well, it could be better, but and we are working on that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. Other than that, not much has happened. Um, let's move to the community corner. I saw that nobody has uh, dared to leave a pun or a joke a or something else with my name in it. Um, it's okay. Maybe it's just too much about myself. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I thought making fun would be would be a, a, a nice way to break the ice. But yeah, it's still open. Um, <laughs> you see, this to this time we have lots of stuff we could give away. So um, yeah, write a comment if you like. Now <clears throat> there were a few comments. Um, other comments. So first of all, maybe I thought it's time to uh, maybe say thank you for all the encouraging comments people mm -hmm. left on the reviews, especially the one with the M5. Mm -hmm. My first video is somehow my most popular one, and it's not like just. It has been up for the longest time. No, it, this one is, people still watch this one. So um, yeah, I, and I admit it's this, it probably is the most interesting car mm. in 
that I have. I mean, the M2 is not less interesting, I would say. Well, it's more modern, yes. Yes, since it's newer, maybe, it's, and it has been covered by a lot of people on that's YouTube true. already. And uh, maybe that's a little less for the E61 M5. Um, speaking of which, a few people have left comments. They have discovered that the car was up for sale. And they asked uh, in the videos that, yeah, why am I selling it? And um, am I selling it? And yeah, the reason why I thought it's time maybe to move on. So this is the sixth year now. I've had the car for five years. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe it's time to move on and yeah, see something different in a uh, different car, a different sort of car maybe. So I thought I, I sell it. Of course, it was not easy for me. Um, because this this was a passion uh, a passion project. I mean, I did not work on the car per se, but it was. I mean, you don't buy this car because you need an estate or you need space or anything. You buy it because because your phone is ringing. I am super <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, the M5 is going and it is basically gone. Um, I have uh, I have found somebody who um, who wants the car and this. It looks like he'll he'll get it. Um, so n unfortunately, probably there won't be m too many more updates on the M5, um, which is too bad because I wanted to do a few more videos. But yeah, it's uh, I will not yeah let it sit around here when sure. somebody else could drive it, right? So yeah, I'm losing a family member, but there is a new family member, right? Uh, which is uh, yeah sitting right next to the M5, and which I will introduce. Yeah, in one of the next videos. Otherwise, you know, they're like really cool rotary-powered cars. <laughs> might be something for you, you know. The rotaries, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you bring your RX-7 back on the street, you, we can... Um, sure. Can, uh, yeah, we can go out for... I mean, the, uh, actually, the, the Alpine Passes are expected to open soon. Oh. Maybe um, even by the end of the month. So maybe we can do an Alpine tour already. Just need to get it registered then. <laughs> yeah, so you break so out with that one. You break out your RX-7, and I um, take uh, take the M2 probably, and then yeah, we'll have a blast around right. the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm sh I'm sure the RX-7 will sound better than the M2. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 older, so it's allowed to be a bit louder, but it's still it's adhering to the local law so <laughs> it's, it's not like it sounds as good as it could sound <laughs> well let's see i mean if we if we go there we will certainly make uh, of course um, make a video of it and then yeah you you decide sure <laughs> <laughs> um yeah other than that not much was going on in the comment section of the videos so let's move on to uh, a few news bits from mm. the scene and we start with a real bummer um, mm -hmm. So news has arrived that Sabine Schmitz has passed, the queen of the Nürburgring. Um, she was uh, apparently uh, uh, treated for cancer. I did not know that. Me neither. Um, yeah, super sad news. Um, I remember her from her old days at um, Demotor, which mm -hmm. was a, a car program on, on, on Demax. And together with Tim Schrick, who also does YouTube videos now, mm -hmm. um, it was super fun. I think it was the first program that was a little um, more relaxed, uh, not this typical uh, laden with information car program, but a little more relaxed. They did some silly stuff, some silly stunts, mm -hmm. and they had excellent drivers, right? Sabine Schmidt and Tim Schrick. So I, I, there was probably no, yeah, no duo that was more 
suited to doing that than True. those two. True. So yeah, I'm super bummed to hear that she's she's gone. Also, her time in Top Gear, right? Absolutely. So I really enjoyed the series that she was part of in, in Top Gear. Um, she also, even though she was German, but she had this tad of British humor in her as well. So she was not typical German, which I really liked. And she was a funny person, so she will dearly be missed, that's yes. for sure. Yes, that's true. Um, this is Easter Monday, so yesterday the BBC did a, a special. Um, and they invited, I think, all the, for the current and former Top Gear hosts mm -hmm. and they shared um, yeah, they did a, did a tribute to, to Sabine Schmitz. Nice. So uh, I think it is still available on their page somehow. So yeah, yeah have I'll a need look. to watch it as well. Yeah, have a look. Okay, uh, let's move to, well, let's stick with, with Top Gear, the, the current or the new season. The current season, I think we are already four episodes in, mm -hmm. is um, well underway. Did you have a look so far? or I haven't seen the new season yet, but I'm definitely planning to. Um, but again, Top Gear has always been the series that I definitely followed as well. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more still when uh, the very old times were there. But again, like that, that is past. They have a new staff. Um, they're doing a good job. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still enjoyable. It's just me personally, I enjoyed it more in the past. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's still uh, a good series. Um, it's definitely worthwhile watching just to be on top of and their city ideas that they sometimes mm -hmm. have. Sometimes they have some good reviews as well. Um, it's just overall, I think the mix of what they do is really enjoyable. So I'm, I'm definitely planning to watch the current season as well. Um, and again, there's not that much other stuff around that is worthwhile watching in TV. Yeah, watch Paddy McGuinness crash a Lamborghini Diablo. Ooh, <laughs> ouch, that must hurt. Um, yeah, but I think it was only um, uh, Cosmetic damages, so I think they will be able to repair that. Hopefully, <laughs> that was the last season. Uh, well, I mean, it's funny that you bring up the the old cast of Top Gear, um, the three amigos, as they they call <laughs> them. I think I think it's difficult to to perform after them, mm. um, because uh, I think I remember Chris Harris saying in a in a podcast with Car Throttle, I think, where he said that no matter what they did, it was going to be bad. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean, they, uh, Clarkson, Hammond, and May. This this show was going so well. No matter who would follow up, it would be perceived as not as good. And I yeah. see his point, and it's probably true. Funnily enough, though, the when they uh, formed a new trio with Matt LeBlanc, Chris Harris, and Rory Reed, for me that was um, the best car program at that time. Mm -hmm. I preferred it over Grand Tour when they were still in the tent. Definitely, it was. It was, it, I think it had more to do with cars. It was more about petrol heads. And I think all three of them, they really were and are petrol heads. Yeah. And you, I think you could see them and you yeah. could sense them. And you could also sense that it was a kind of chemistry between mm. the, the three presenters. So I really enjoyed that part of, part of Top Gear. Absolutely. But I'm, yeah, of course, I'm happy. I'm, st I'm still following them. Of course, I still watch uh, the, the current episodes. It's just, yeah, stuff changes, of course, and uh, it's also important to move on, bro, because on YouTube you also have excellent, yeah. uh, a few excellent uh, shows. Um, yeah, so Absolutely. there's definitely still enough material to get your petrol head fix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, the Grand Tour was also not my preferred channel. Uh, I watched the first season with a tent, and uh, I don't know, I didn't 
feel it to be as good as it used to be. Again, people, including myself, probably just had the assumption that, okay, they will just carry on with how they did things before. And from a, a, a thing, how they did it, of course, they, they kept going with it. Mm -hmm. But just the setting and now in, in a tent somewhere, wherever they were filming for each episode, uh, I don't know, it, it, it didn't feel so, so good, in mm. my opinion. And I definitely also think the influence from uh, Amazon is definitely there. I mean, even though they had a massive budget and, and yeah. everything, but um, it, it felt different. I didn't like, I still liked it, but not as much as I did enjoy Top Gear previously. Mm -hmm. um, so as I said, like, I think it's time is moving on, things are changing. And um, today, I guess, at least for me, it's mostly YouTube that mm -hmm. I enjoy my, my petrol hay fixture. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point because this also shows that even Clarkson, Hammond and May had troubles mm -hmm. following Clarkson, Hammond and yeah. May. It was just, I think, maybe a once in a lifetime or once in a century or um, chemistry yeah. and maybe setting because the chemistry might still be the same, but it just worked out with the, with the BBC maybe and the studio and yeah. being in, in Britain and the track and the stick and everything. It's just, yeah, maybe once in a lifetime, once in a century setting with a set of people that just worked out and worked out very well. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, in the production, there's definitely more than just those three guys. Yeah. I mean, the whole camera, the, the organization, where they are, when they are where, what program they have. That's all much more than just those three guys uh, sitting there in front of the camera and talking. So it definitely has an influence. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue watching Top Gear and we'll bring it up because it's just uh, part of a part of the heritage, right? Absolutely. Uh, so we'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will have a few more topics in the future. Yeah. Now, let's talk about, well, let's say with Britain. <laughs> let's say with, Engli with England, let's say with English, <laughs> British cars. Okay. However you want to put it. Um, it's about the McLaren and the Senna, the mm -hmm. McLaren Senna. They, if you look through the ads, at least in Switzerland, you'll find um, they are up for sale for let's say 1, 1 1.2, 1.3, 1.5 million Swiss francs. And now you can ask for that money of course. Mm -hmm. The question is how, I mean, how do you get a feeling? How much a car, what's the car's worth? What's the, the real worth of a car? And one way to maybe narrow it down because you can never establish it mm -hmm. because a car is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay, exactly. right? So, but maybe to get an idea a ballpark figure is look at uh, car auction sites. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I think this year, it was both of them were this year, uh, Collecting Cars, which is also a car auction site. And yeah, Chris Harris does a few podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's how I know about them. So if, uh, two centers went for auction mm -hmm. and they both went for roughly half a million pounds, which is uh, quite a bit lower than what people usually Basically ask for half, them. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because it's not like, well, you could say all the cars usually sell for less money on an auction. But let me give you another example mm -hmm. because there were two uh, Singer 911s. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, they say that, well, you bring your 964 base car and then for, what is it, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars, you they built you your dream 911. They sold... Two of them for, I think, roughly 700,000 pounds. 
Okay. So I think that's the, the worth, right? So what people are willing to pay. And you see it goes both ways. It's not like mm. they, all of them go for less money than what you, what you ask. And yeah, this also shows that yeah, some prices are really, really inflated. Absolutely. And it also shows that McLarens indeed have, even those special ones, have trouble keeping their value. They drop in value so quickly. Yeah, I mean, that is what you expect actually from a car because it gets used, it is not new anymore. Um, even if you're not driving, like the museum pieces, mm. they are, maybe they appear to be in pristine condition, but uh, the bushings and stuff, they will also all get older yeah. and they will break at some point. So I, I guess it's the natural thing that a car depreciates. However, I think realistically speaking, if the car is in one way or the other special, it definitely is a valid reason to get more. Now, what has been used a lot, just thinking back a couple of years as well, um, if a car was limited, I think that was an attempt mostly to keep it special. Mm -hmm. So in these cases, if it's a production car, um, it sometimes will go up in value like crazy. I mean, if you go for a Veyron nowadays, I think you're paying more than you paid when it was new because there are so not okay. so many. Yeah. I think so, I'm not I sure. I have no idea, actually. But then again, you have cars that are more or less the same value. Some of them are dropping. But I guess in the end, it's all just about getting enough attention, enough interested people to fight for the price of this car. Um, that's what an auction is. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, in one side, it really depends how large scale is it. Now. I don't know, cars collection, if that is one thing that is like worldwide or if they just allow people from Britain. It's, I mean, they have, they have cars all over the world, but yeah. it's most, most, of the, most of their cars are in, in Britain, okay. or local. So it's probably geographically a bit restricted. It is a bit. Uh, yeah. Obviously, if it's uh, one of those, I forgot the name, Harrods or, or whatever the big ones are, mm -hmm. like massive in terms of scale, a lot of interesting objects as well. Um, the same car could already ask for more money because you have more potential interests. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, uh, it, it's always also about the timing. Um, if you have the, the right people at the right location, interested in the right piece in this mm -hmm. case. So I, I guess it's, it's a good indicator, as you said, mm -hmm. um, what is a car's worth. But there, are, there can be so small things that influence the price heavily. Mm -hmm. Just one example, if the car is featured in a James Bond movie, the value will probably double overnight. Um, so again, the, the, I think it's so difficult to really name or, or price tag a car. Obviously, production is one thing because you know the cost, you know how much you want to earn from it, so you can put a price tag on it. But once it's out in the wild and you know there are only 30 of them around, um, if there is a desire from people to buy that car, obviously the price, the asking price will rise. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. difficult. One of your previous points was actually very interesting. Um, it's also about time. So if you want to sell, for example, if I want to sell the M2, I mean, it's a car you can get anywhere now. Mm -hmm. So I would not need to wait for the right offer because, I mean, the prices are pretty much set. Mm -hmm. There's many of them around. You can have, well, you cannot order a new one, but um, yeah, you there's lots of variations and lots of, um, available cars but yeah if it's rare if it's maybe a collector's car like the M5 for yeah. example I mean you ha yeah take your time and yeah wait maybe a little if you have the, of course if you have the possibility to wait um, if you need to sell it quickly it's something different Definitely. but yeah I think this is I think we can also um, yeah give maybe a few 
tips around this. So mm -hmm. if you want to buy one, take your time. Yeah. Also on the buying side, take your time. Yep. Um, uh, have a read around the internet. See, I mean, what are, the, what are the prices? Maybe also in other countries, just to get a rough idea yep. what the prices are. Um, yeah, have a look at maybe also auctions, see what people are willing to pay for them. Uh, of course, also, um, look, do you really want a car with all its yeah. faults and work that needs to go in and all its attention it will need? Yeah. And if you're selling, I think it's almost the same. So yeah, look around, see mm -hmm. what people are paying. Don't be offended if somebody offers a little less because yeah. you just can say no yeah. if you're not interested. And uh, yeah, look what, what the, the ballpark is and if you have... Uh, a very nice specimen then yeah highlight that try to um, to show that and absolutely when the time is right you sell it yep and again i think the most point is really take your time because it's always recommended to really have a look at the car uh, look at the condition especially because uh, photos uh, they are a moment's image mm -hmm. so they can be tweaked to look good um, you will not see all the problems on a car just by looking at pictures. So it's definitely worthwhile either to go and look yourself or if, if you're interested in a car either from Japan or, or Asia, um, America, where you're not just quickly flying there and have a look at the car, get someone to, to, to have a look at it. Um, so you're really sure that what you're buying or what you're paying for it is really worth it. Mm -hmm. Because it would be sad if you buy a, a really nice looking, say, uh, 69 Mustang uh, that looks gorgeous. Uh, you pay, I don't know, 50,000 for it. And when you receive it, you start to notice that underneath it's full of rust and, and uh, yeah, you, you apart, need to invest another 50K just to get the car actually registered and uh, in working condition. That would really be sad. And then again, also, it's uh, about um, different channels. So sometimes you, you might just drive down the street and you will find exactly that car just sitting on the street. Someone is trying to sell it. Um, could happen. You never know. Um, but also, definitely nowadays, use the internet. Um, it's full of interesting information. Be very still, uh, be careful, because not everything that is written in the internet is the truth. Um, and then also, the auctions are definitely a good thing. Um, and I guess the, the common mistakes that one at an auction can do are known. So first of all, the price that you bid for is not what you pay. There are still fees and, and handling and stuff that you need to pay for. Uh, then uh, definitely set the limit. So if you don't want to spend more than 20K, um, keep that in mind. And not just because there is another one fighting for the same car. He goes to 22, 23, stretch yourself. I think it's not worth it. No. And uh, ultimately, again, um, the best thing is really be sure what you buy is what you want to buy and not buy something out of the moment. Just think, oh, that would actually be nice. But ultimately, you end up buying something bad. That would be, of course, really bad for you. Yeah, two more points, actually. Yeah. But one thing is that uh, always know that it is a risk. Yeah. Let's say even if the car is in perfect condition, stuff can and will go wrong. Yeah. And the other thing is that, yeah, as you said, with the money, don't maybe overstretch. The thing is, yeah. be comfortable with it, right? Absolutely. If you're not comfortable, even if it's a huge offer and you somehow have a bad feeling, leave it. Yeah. Leave it. I mean, Absolutely. because you will always think about it. Oh, no, if I had done that, no, is it the right, was, was it the right move? You, you will all, always ask yourself. Yeah, but uh, definitely, I mean, you should try to have maybe a good feeling. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have that, then just don't go for it. 
step um, away from it. In the end, it's a car. It's a, it's a hobby. Yeah. Um, you do not you know, go to an auction. You don't spend millions. I mean, not everybody can. can spend millions, <laughs> but even nobody spends a lot of money just to have a set of wheels to lose. To, I mean, to do the, the commuting or anything. You, it is a hobby. It's a passion. Pro mm -hmm. uh, it's um, uh, f uh, for your passion project, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, no need to rush it. Absolutely. So yeah, just yeah, stay in your comfort zone in that case. Um, somebody who left their comfort zone or actually um, left and went back to their comfort zone is Mitsubishi. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a segue, yeah. That's the best one. <laughs> um, yeah, they have left. They have dropped all activity in Europe last year, and <clears throat> they are auctioning off all their cars they had, their heritage cars, their museum pieces. Um, among them, a few very nice Lancers, an Evo 6 Tommy Reckon, I think, mm -hmm. was among them, and an Evo 9 and 10, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. and a Starion, <laughs> which nice. is, I, th I think, not even many people know that car. Right. I, I also know it from Top Gear when, was it Jeremy that bought I think it was Jeremy that bought Possibly, it. Possibly, yeah. When, uh, when they went against the BMW 6 Series from Hammond and the Jaguar XJS from, <laughs> from uh, Miss May. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like the Starion. It looks amazing. And it if does. you get one in mint condition, it's rare. It looks, I, I think it looks terrific. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, a few cars uh, will be auctioned off. I think they will go for, uh, I think, uh, pretty good prices, let's say, for good money. Probably. Um, but yeah, it also means it's, it's really the end. Yeah. Mitsubishi is really gone in Europe. Yeah. It's, it's still hard to, to digest, really, because I mean, I, don't, I never followed the, the corporate, corporate figures or anything, but from a feeling perspective, I think uh, they leave a gap with the Evo. Um, definitely in, in, in our area, a really nice car besides the Impreza or, or STI. But um, ultimately, um, it's a gap and we need to see how, if and how they will come back. Mm -hmm. I could very well imagine in a partnership with another company. But again, I, I guess that is really the nail in the coffin for things like uh, Lancer Evolution. Yeah, I mean, even, even the Impreza, its main competitor, is not yeah. what it used to be, right, in the Absolutely. past. Absolutely. Uh, it's just a shadow of its former self. So, yeah, it's difficult. Legislation makes it difficult. Um, the, yeah, it's not only legislation, it's also uh, how companies are structured and mm. organized. And Mitsubishi has not been allowed, I would say, in that. Absolutely. In that conglomerate to play any bigger role. Um, yeah, and to, to have the bridge again to the previous topic, um, those auctions are one of those examples where I'm not sure if the money you invest is really worth it. I mean, again, from a visual perspective, the cars are most likely in pristine condition. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think some of them have barely any kilometers on them. But then again, the cars are still like 20-ish years old. Um, and if they have not been driven for a long time, I, I personally would not trust the bushings and the brakes too much in there. So if you buy them to drive them, um, there is definitely still some more investment you have to do before you can really use them. Um, of course, if they just are being moved to another museum or a car collector that is never driving his, driving his cars, that is probably fine. But mm. that's one of those examples where I personally would not invest too much money, even though they are most likely in pristine conditions and it's a Mitsubishi owned car. Um, but I'm a driver's person. I want to enjoy the car 
and not just look at it. Therefore, it would not be my first choice. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. But I think that prizes will be sizable. Definitely. <laughs> we'll hear about them, hopefully, and yeah. see where they have gone to and what people will do to them. Yeah. Um, let's move to Mazda just quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, or actually, we move to Renault. Renault. Mazda, Renault, Renault, Mazda. <laughs> actually, it's both of them because somebody has thought, you know what? I'm going to put a 13B into the back of my Renault 5 Turbo. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Just having the idea that, that that sounds like a really cool thing to do. Um, I mean, the car is super light, the yeah. Renault 5. And uh, power-wise, I think the original one was at somewhere around 160 horsepower or something. I'm not 100% sure, but mm -hmm. it must be somewhere around there. And now with the rotary, if it's lightly tuned, um, it will put out more than 300. Uh, that car will run quite well, I would say. I think that is that is quite the rocket now. Yeah. Because it's light, it is wide, but it is super short, short wheelbase, yeah. um, quite a bit of weight at the back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure when he built that car. It cannot be that long ago. Um, <laughs> Depends, really. I'm thinking because if he really drives that car, I'm not sure how long he will be able to keep it out of a ditch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, probably a bit spiky handling, but it's awesome. I I I love this kind of news. This is absolutely hilarious. It's absolutely <laughs> nice. Um, I, I would love to see that once. Um, one from a technical perspective, what I would be interested in is how does he keep the engine cool enough? Mm -hmm. Because rotaries are known to be to produce quite a lot of heat, and uh, the, having the engine in the back, obviously, you don't have so much fresh air except for the ducts on the side. Mm -hmm. So I, I would really be uh, interested to know if he would drive that car, if he's even driving on a racetrack, mm -hmm. if it would be okay with the temperatures or not. Yeah. That, that would be like one of my interested uh, questions I would ask him. Interesting point. Um, what I find cool, because one thing you can say, well, it's a Renault 5 and somebody murdered a, uh, a Renault 5, a perfectly fine car, to yeah, put a different engine in it. I would agree if it was a modern engine if he said oh you know what i'm going to put a lamborghini v12 in it from from the kernel Ventador. <laughs> but he put i think an appropriate time appropriate yeah. engine appropriate. Yeah. in it engine. yeah so it's i think agree. a super yeah, fun so project uh, super kudos project. Um, i am super uh, happy to, <laughs> to read about this <laughs> and i hope he'll be able to enjoy <laughs> that car but maybe he's selling it so it looks like he's selling it Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, engines works is always uh, one of those topics because the Americans they love to LS swap um, everything, even the dishwashers, um, even the dishwashers which was a joke that was going around recently. Um, Again, um, I, again, I agree with you. Again, I agree with you. It's a time appropriate um, thing. It would be interesting to know what happened to the original engine. Well, but maybe he, well, maybe he will mention it. Yeah, in the article, it says uh, it's at forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. So yeah, and the auction is—it's—it's so, yeah, uh, it's it's an auction, by the way. It's being right. auctioned off. So yeah, right. in a few days it will be gone. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. 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 Yeah, so you lost now. Oh, yeah, so you lost now. Oh, up. Genau. Genau. Yeah, so I'm going to Okay, now we had okay, lots of fun and games and giggles. And, and, and I think it's 
Time to be serious now. Time to be serious. Uh, to, now. Go to a serious topic, yeah, a, a little topic. bit political as well. Political so, um, a few days so, ago, um, there was a, days ago, a horrible was a car horrible accident car in um, in the northwest of Switzerland, northwest in Solothurn, where two people died two people and a third died. one was uh, injured one was, uh, quite badly. And, and now, uh, now a Kantonsrat, uh, so somebody from the, uh, from the local government, mm -hmm. uh, local government. Mm -hmm. uh, said, well, uh, we should said, have well, introduced a lower speed limit there. And actually, this quite this grinds my gears quite badly. Because while I, of course, I am also um, saddened by the fact that yeah, two people lost their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, in a car accident, uh, car it accident, also makes me mad that somebody wants, to, um, somebody wants to um, uh, maybe gain some political, some, gain some traction for himself and their agenda. Of course, maybe I should not be surprised, but yeah, they're trying to, um, yeah, they're trying yeah, to, to get uh, their agenda now. Yeah, so he's saying, well, we so need the speed limit of 60 there, so 60 kilometers per hour, and it's right now it's 80. And what I don't like about that is like this does not solve the problem. Right. So he has a solution, right. so but it's not a solution for the problem we're stating. Because the problem we're stating is that um, we have car accidents, and especially and lots of young people dying in car accidents or having car accidents with quick cars. And this is not the solution for that problem. What he's saying is basically just, well, you know what? Um, I want to make more money of people who drive fast. Because I am. I mean, we still don't know what was the cause. It, it's not maybe unreasonable to um, assume that it has been speeding, because it, in most cases it is. But the thing is, you cannot tell me that, you know what, somebody died because he was driving 70 maybe, instead of 60. So you cannot tell me that that speed or the, the difference in, in speed would have saved them. That's usually not true. And I don't think it will be true in this case. And this is just... This yeah, a bogus statement. Yeah, but it is dangerous because it is, it is, it is coming from somebody inside the government. Inside and now you're telling me that we are, going to, uh, we are going to uh, penalize all drivers, penalize all drivers yeah. because yeah. somebody had an accident. Had this an is the wrong yeah. approach yeah. and it is dangerous and it is, why dangerous and it is why we are less and less satisfied less with how people, uh, things in Switzerland are going. Yeah, plus the fees for driving a bit too fast is already mm -hmm. super expensive and it only gets even more expensive, more expensive, more expensive the faster um, you go. Um, I completely agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. I don't think if someone, say now it's, it's 80, let's assume he was driving 100 and, and had the accident. I don't think he would not have had the accident if he was only driving 90, without knowing what it was the cause, obviously, but that's my assumption at least. So if the road was put to 60, uh, he would probably be driving 80, 20 too much. Um, again, would that save him? Probably not. What might the difference might be that maybe the injuries were not as fatal anymore. Might be. Again, we don't. I at least don't know what the the cause and, and what the effect and everything was. Um, but I, I think in, in general, in, in the politicians' mind, they want to to put up rules to to earn money 
ultimately, earn money, um, ultimately. I completely agree, um, with, that. I I completely agree with that. I think that's their primary motive. And having had, had an accident multiple or accident, uh, multiple accidents, uh, I think you said like 11 accidents in the past 10 years, which is not a lot. It's still too much, but absolutely. It's but it's not a lot if we compare it to other areas where accidents are much more common or much more frequent, rather. Um, so I personally also think it's more a statement to gain political interest. Um, I don't know if his, um, I don't know if his um, the, the period that he's in that position is, is, is ending soon and they will have another vote or something. But I personally think as well that it's not a good statement to do for us petrol hats. But then again, of course, they are without knowing the road. I don't know what the road looks like. I've never been there. But in, um, general, it's in general, it might be a good idea, but maybe it's not. In general, I think they are just way too restrictive in all the rules that they're putting up. And uh, there, I would hope that there's some kind of another influence that can be given in order to keep everyone happy, really. Because ultimately, I don't think you will get the accidents Yes, Gone completely. The, the only thing you could do, the, the only thing you could do, and not even then would it be guaranteed, is to remove the human component. So we basically talk then about self-driving cars, and on self-driving cars, you do have the problem that components fail as well, as the human does sometimes if he's drugged or drunk or it's just completely somewhere else with his mind while driving. Whatever the reason might be, we don't know that. Um, so I don't know. I don't think there is the solution to it. But I definitely agree that he's just using, he's this, situation just using this situation now to gain political traction um, and to, in this case, earn money, even though it's not for him, but it's for the, the government or the, the state. But I completely agree with you. I mean, there's two things because. Um, I mean, I admit it is predominantly I mean, it is young males that um, that uh, usually yeah, get caught up in speeding and then end up in, in accidents, and sometimes even fatal. So that is terrible. So that needs to be addressed. I agree. Um, I'm not sure if it if you can if you can do something with restrictive measures. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a solution to say you know what, if you're not 25 years, you cannot drive a car that has more than 100 horsepower, because. Even then, because even with the car that is not very powerful, you can go 80, 90, you can still kill yourself. Of course. So I'm not sure that's a solution. I think in this case we need to go, because I think the law has nothing more to offer in order to save these people. Now I think we need to, to have incentives, we need to have spaces and places where, can, where they can learn maybe, where they can put this energy to use. So I'm thinking about the racetrack for example. Those are forbidden in Switzerland, right? Um, but why not go in that way? Make, make that legal, allow people to build racetracks, have them go on, on, on track days. And uh, yeah, get that energy and out, yeah, learn about the car. It's not only having fun, it's not because it's also, fun. you can learn a lot about car control, you can learn about how to react in certain situations, and then maybe you don't need to speed anymore. But I mean, even then you still have people speeding, but some people just won't learn anyway. And the thing is, you cannot, you cannot punish everybody else for a few people who are going to crash anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the thing is, 
I mean, in, in uh, I mean, the law has um, has, uh, has has set this in concrete, right? We know what speeding is, but I think in ethical terms, if an experienced driver on a clear day on on a dry road drives 90 or maybe 100 for a short time because nobody will be driving 100 all the time, um, I don't think he needs to go into jail. I don't I don't even think he needs to be fined because he, yeah, they usually have their car under control and they won't do it all the time. So I think we need to differentiate here a little bit and yeah maybe also recognize what that is is about making money it's about finding people he clearly does not like people enjoying their cars because he's saying well there's auto causes driving around here and they usually they are not famous for driving quickly that's why we why people hate them because they are not driving quickly they are driving slowly and making a racket so yeah and the, the, way, the, the reason that I am a little concerned is he's a person of power and if he yeah. gets other people on board, this might spread to board, yeah, other cantons and yeah, we might certainly be at some point, I mean, this is, I'm exaggerating a bit, but I'm yeah, we were driving around yeah, 30 kilometers an hour, then why use a car at all? Yeah, with the mofo you're quicker. No, that's right, I mean, no, that's right. I mean, it is definitely a big problem, a modern problem at that as well, but I completely agree that we should try to find other means, especially the one with the race. Track. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm yes, I'm, I'm, I'm well, a petrol head as well. I would definitely want to have a nearby racetrack that I could just go for a day, have fun, learn something about my car, and at the end of the day, be so extremely tired but happy that I, I was able to spend um, this day. Um, it would be in good memory and everything, and I would not have done that on a public road. Chance because I have a chance else. to do it somewhere um, else. But again, like if you, um, again, like if, you, if you create an analogy to to, um, to what, what is happening with all these protests and even some even some some dangerous demonstrations that are currently happening in Switzerland due to, due to Corona, uh, especially with the young people, uh, especially with the young people because. They, they they, I they kind of understand and them. I kind of understand them. They, they are limited in their in their vision. Like, in their vision. like they are not allowed to do a lot. They don't, um, actually, they don't know what actually quite know what to do with their time. I think that is a problem from modern times. At least in the past, I just went to the football field and I played soccer or whatever. But nowadays, it seems that people are more interested in other kinds of activities, and those are at the moment restricted. So they have been holding out for quite a while, but now it just starts to surface. And I think that is also and just, a problem, is also just that a problem that we currently have because of the times we have. Because otherwise, those people that are now rioting, they would still, maybe not in, in such a large group, but they would still cause mischievous or, or problems wherever they are, but it's not so concentrated. They're so not either they're not even catched at all because it's being done somewhere during the night, somewhere during the nobody night. cares, nobody anyway, sees it anyway, just on the next day you see that something has been vandalized, which is not good, obviously, is not good, um, obviously. but, um, but that's just one event. And now all those people, they come together and cause a riot in hundreds and thousands of people. So obviously the damage is much bigger, but then again, the politics and the media, they have something to report about. And I think it's a very similar problem, except that this one is temporarily because of Corona, but the other problem with the drivers and, and driving too quick and not being able to enjoy, it's a permanent problem 
because you can't, except if you drive to Germany, which is, I mean, the Hockenheim ring is like 250, 300 kilometers or something. Anuderin is still like 150 or so from, from where we live. Um, and in some cases, you can't even go there without having another car, which you can tow your other car and, and so on. So yeah, I think it is a general problem and I definitely see a benefit if we had the chance to have a racetrack somewhere. Um, now it would not solve all the problems, obviously, because some people, they will just say, no, oh, no, it's too expensive. Um, I'd rather prefer driving too fast on the road. But they will drive anyway. But they will drive anyway. If it's 30, 60 or 100, it doesn't matter. They will still speed. That's the, that's what I was trying to say. The thing is, the law and laws cannot do everything for you. Um, no. We are just, we are, I mean, by, by, um, making by, um, murder illegal, by making, murder um, illegal, by making um, speeding illegal. We're not saying that we're, it will not happen anymore. Right. We're just saying you can penalize it, right. that's it. And yeah. it's just that in this case, that doesn't help anymore. So we need yeah. other things. We need, yeah. we need prevention, we need to educate people, we need to uh, sensibilize people for, for the matter. Um, yeah, it's just, I think sometimes I have, I have the feeling that we have this mindset that, yeah, you just make something illegal and it's gone, which is just not true. <laughs> in, 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 in political view, it definitely yeah, is like so that. Yeah, maybe we should get, um, um, we should get him here and have a chat with him. Yeah, that would be and see cool. his yeah, views on it. Because, I mean, now we just share ours. Yeah. Of course, we are right, yeah. obviously, <laughs> but he should get have a chance to, <laughs> of course, to um, yeah, share his ideas and opinions. <laughs> okay, let's go back to our favorite hobby, cars. And actually, and not much was happening much in, in, in March, mm -hmm. but there was Pagani um, announcing the Huayra R. Um, mm -hmm. um, it's consequential because it's they consequential did the same thing with the Zonda. They did, the did a Nürburgring lap record, um, mm -hmm. and it was a, I think, non-road legal track only car. Mm -hmm. And they did the same now with the Huayra, but which is what is interesting is that its engine. So the Huayra is a what a name. Huayra, Huayra, Huayra. So I mean, top the guys in Tokyo and everyone is yeah. So the Huayra just is usually turbocharged, six liter V12 from AMG. This one is also a six liter V12, but it's naturally aspirated. It makes. Uh, 850 horsepower, revs to 9,000 RPM, and yeah, the whole thing is, uh, or its dry weight is uh, 1,050 kilograms, so this is a proper rocket, I think. What an amazing car, and of course we would wish they would bring it on the road, on the other hand, I think, I mean, who can buy it anyway? <laughs> yeah, and the chances and that you see those things in real, on the road, even if it was low road legal, it would probably like still be like a lottery, uh, like a lottery, yeah, lottery win. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but still awesome that still they decided awesome to make to make that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the first lap on the Nürburgring. Oh yeah. And they try to maybe oh yeah. smash a lap record again and just hear that engine rev. Yeah, that sound must be so nice. Maybe the next closest thing to it would be the Corvette, the Z06, the new one, they say it will be a high revving V8, but yeah, V12 is uh, yeah, a different, yeah, it's uh, it's different musical world. instrument. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Other than that, um, well, another new, let's say, uh, some speculation. It's about Porsche. It is always about Porsche. Uh, it seems like, yeah, maybe we should just skip them for once just to, to make sure that it, this, ah, this is just an accident. <laughs> 
<laughs> one happy accident. One happy accident. <laughs> By the way, I am no way affiliated with Porsche. No I'm not saying that I wouldn't like to be, <laughs> but I am not. <laughs> Porsche? You know, Porsche? Yeah. You know the context. No, I, still, I think I think at heart, at heart, I'm still a, still a BMW guy. Um, uh, when I went to, in last year when I did the 24 hours Nürburgring, I was rooting for BMW. So I think that that shows that I am. Yeah. At heart, I'm still right. a BMW heart, guy. <laughs> still, I don't mind driving still, Porsche, so. Mind <laughs> driving Porsche, so. <laughs> you, cannot be, you cannot be friends no. with everybody, you right? Be with everybody. <laughs> well, well, you can, you but to, do you want to? That's the yeah, other question. Yeah. There's some, always somebody going There's to be unhappy with what you said or what you did. Yeah, but this news is about Porsche, about the 718, which could, which might or might not be. Um, electric, um, the next electric, one, mm -hmm. the next and one. yeah, this goes and together with yeah, goes Porsche together announcing with a new hypercar, and they have a bigger stake with with Rimac, the Croatian hypercar EV maker. Now, yeah. I yeah. think this might be a hint that this yeah they're moving towards electric. I mean it's not a surprising move, but exactly. But uh, yeah, it looks like it might be the 718 gone as a petrol car. And I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I would have my doubts. I would have my doubts to be honest. My doubts. See, he tries at least because because I don't think. How at I least how I perceive Porsche, I, Porsche. I could not imagine that they reuse an existing name like a Cayman and, and bring it in an all-electric version. Like exclusive. Only, like exclusive. I could imagine that I could Porsche, imagine would, go that Porsche would go ahead and say, yep, okay, we have a new model, model. it might just be like a two-liter four-cylinder, whatever. I don't know about that. But I could very well imagine that they will still have the normal Cayman petrol-powered in their lineup, but besides that, but have, besides another that have, have another car or another, I don't know if he would even call it Cayman or if they would just put out a new name, but I would imagine that on the same platform at least and they would build an all-electric sports car. That I could very well imagine, because uh, I mean they did, in theory, didn't they do the same with the Panamera, not the Panamera, the Taycan, the Taycan, the SUV, they did not use an old name and just SUV bring an all-electric SUV, they use so the new name. Personally, so I, think they will personally the I think they will do the it same. It might just be like a sub-model, like, like, a, a, sub like a, a GTE or Cayman E or whatever the name might be. I'm sure the, the Porsche marketing department is, is a lot smarter but than uh, I am. But I don't think they would reuse the existing name for an all-electric one. I don't think that's going to happen. Again, I might be wrong. I'm not the same. About the marketing department being smarter than you, BMW did, I think, a huge whopper around New Year. Is. I'm not sure if you heard that one. Okay. So the BMW M2 CS, the more special version than this one, they had, I think, a small video of it uh, drifting and driving around the track. But the sound was from a Audi slash Lamborghini V10. And the thing is, not only was it a wrong engine, but they also picked one from the competitor. It's not like. It's not like BMW never did a V10, right? right. So if you're going right. to cheat, at least so use one of your engines. So about engine, marketing so departments about being smarter than you, I, <laughs> I don't know who had that idea. Yeah, but I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. I think the only thing maybe that is possible is if you're going to do an experiment with EV, maybe you're going to do it with the Cayman instead of the 911. But other than that, other than that, yeah, we'll see. I'm also. 
always keeping in mind that they are working heavily, more or less heavily on the on synthetic fuels. So yeah, maybe keep in mind that yeah, these cars might still survive for a long time to come. Hopefully. Exactly. Um, so yeah, actually, we just established that we don't know anything, and we just hope it will not be EV only. Yeah, we can only share our view. Exactly. Um, now let's, as usual, let's wrap everything up with a bit at, uh, with motorsport. Um, the new Formula One season has started. Uh, have you watched the Bahrain race? I have started watching it, or I did start. Or I did start watching it, but then I, yeah, I switched over to something else. Um, there's two topics I want to talk There's about. One is, uh, about. One is the uh, Russian controversy. The Russian so controversy. one thing was uh, people so were was, getting uh, excited about the car featuring the car something resembling a Russian flag, which Russian uh, flag, which must be which, terrible, uh, apparently. Be terrible. <laughs> 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 okay. I mean, according to people losing their heads over it. Um, that's one thing. Um, that's then one thing. the other thing is uh, also, uh, thing yeah, is also the, the, the Russian driver, Nikita Mazepin, is getting a lot mm -hmm. of heat currently. And for one thing, he did to a female passenger in a car. Um, I'm not saying, uh, I'm not I'm condoning not saying, it, so um, I think that is obvious so far. The thing is, um, he's getting a lot of faith for his driving and how he got the job. I mean, he's not the first paid driver, right? And I just get the feeling that it's his biggest mistake was being born Russian. Yes, and this is all a little weird to me because we had other people with rich dads. There we had other people with rich sponsors. We had other people doing silly stuff, probably. Yeah, and I just think that maybe it's enough to give him a slap on the wrist and let him learn from his mistake and yeah, let him. Yeah, uh, prove himself yeah, as a human yeah, and, as a yeah, and as a driver. Give him a fair chance at least to, to prove yeah, it's himself. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not the I'm first driver sure to mess it up in their no. first race. No, I mean, come on. If we think about people like Grosjean, literally in any race was doing something bad. Come on. I just recently watched the depart in Belgium, and I think. I don't want to say he caused a huge, massive pileup, but um, I'm just saying it was a, 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 at least to watch, it was an interesting example. But uh, yeah, yet, I mean, again, if you start at the back, the chances are bigger that you will crash. And yeah, give him a chance, give him a break. And yeah. I mean, again, there have been plenty of paid drivers already. Um, but even then, I'm sure even if, if one of us had a hundred millions or whatever you need to pay in order to get a, a cockpit in there, even then we would still not be able to, to really do it um, because we literally have no experience. So I'm sure Mazepin has, there must be something behind except just having money. That's at least my, my, uh, my view. And uh, again, I would just hope, yeah, it's not good what he did and uh, slap him on the wrist. Just tell him that, no, don't do things like that. Maybe he didn't know about it. I hard to there believe but like there are people um, like so, that so um, so, so tell him off about that but at least on the motorsports part, part, part give him a fair um, chance I, I think he should have the chance to prove himself maybe if he's not any good he will be gone after a season again that's how the sports work but if there's at least a spark of knowledge of interest of enthusiasm of whatever it is behind I'm sure he will show it and then but I think, who knows, he might be the next Formula One world champion in a couple of years. We don't know. We don't and apparently, I mean, to be fair, this, I mean, to be fair uh, this the Haas car, 
really seems to be a, a pig to drive. So yeah, give him a chance. Uh, I think everybody has deserved at least a second chance. And yeah, he's young and honestly, I think we should do better than yeah. just... Uh, um, and if we compare it to yeah, all the sports, all I mean, sports in football, you have football, all, the time, have all the time one of the young one people the young causing people some, causing some, some problems, some problems. Have being at a party being during, a party uh, during uh, corona, uh, or corona or whatever. Uh, so, uh, so young people, young people I think that is I one of the reasons of what it means to be young. You do mistakes, you're getting a penalty for it, but you're not ending your life just because you did a simple mistake. Exactly, exactly. It's not about telling them that, you know what, it doesn't matter, you're young. No, it's about, yes, it was wrong. Learn that, learn from it, and then move on. It was how raising a person always happens. We were all the same. Yeah, yeah. Should not be exactly. different just because you're a Formula One driver. Um, the, other um, the other thing is track is limits. Track limits. I'm, pretty sure I'm pretty sure they have always existed, mm -hmm. but somehow, but they, somehow are they are uh, uh, coming, they I mean, they appear more and more mm -hmm. often. I don't know why that is. So I have the feeling that, yeah, last year, the last few years, um, more and more often lap times are cancelled because of track limits. And now in Bahrain, um, Max Verstappen was penalized because he overtook Lewis Hamilton while off track, off track limits. So I'm not saying, so that, I'm not saying that it's okay. It's, okay. it's just that, it's just um, that um, maybe, maybe it's, it's getting much. a bit too yeah. much. Yeah. As a very, a very hard, hard contrast, contrast. Yeah. I was watching yeah. recently, yeah. Uh, I've been watching um, World Touring Car Championship videos or replays from, from 2005, five, six, and seven. And, and uh, so, <laughs> so it seems more like, it seems more like in, 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 in that series or in those series that the, 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 the black stuff, the tarmac, is more like a suggestion of right. how, how the, <laughs> how the, how the track, track approximately looks like. And, and it is super fun to watch. I mean, I, I admit it must be frustrating if you get hit by Gabriele Tarquini. But still, it is fun to watch. And sometimes you also see that even if you get hit a bit, if you get pushed a little bit, it's part of the sport. Of course, you cannot do that with Formula 1 because the cars are a bit more fragile. But still, this whole track limit stuff, I think it needs to be tackled in a different way. This is not working. I mean, I remember back when I was a child and watched Formula 1 quite often. I do remember I that do remember only that if you only overtook, if you someone, overtook someone, like, like due to be off the track off the really track, far, really like far, actually like creating a shortcut short through exactly. a, a chicane through or something, chicane or something. Um, then you had um, to give him back the position. So not so your lap not time was cancelled or whatever. People were just automatically just slowing down because, yep, okay, that was a mistake. I didn't catch the corner and so on. So it feels a bit more like back then, The what we would probably call a gentleman's agreement was maybe more common or more respected more maybe, respected I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but, mm. I'm um, but I'm definitely agreeing with you that, with you um, that um, in Formula, Formula 1, it Formula just feels one, a bit over-regulated. Everything is just, whenever you're not whenever being you're on the ideal line, you already get a penalty because you're not on the ideal line. That's how it feels a little bit. And maybe that is also one of the reasons why I don't really follow the Formula 1 races so closely anymore. Because it's, I find it more boring than in the past. In the past. And of course, I mean, and it's a course, completely it's different a complete contrast different to contrast anything to like DTM or World Touring Car Championship or, or all these kind of series kind of where, where uh, contact is allowed. Contact is Obviously, allowed. you're Obviously not supposed you're not to not supposed break the fourth corner and just hit the other guy in, in the barrier. But again, like minor contact is allowed and I actually 
do enjoy that because again it's just it's fun to watch especially especially i think at some point they started to put cars to put cameras on the bumpers of the cars front and back and sometimes you when they showed the, the, the back camera, you would see the fog, see the fog light <laughs> of the other <laughs> car. Or if they showed the front camera, and you would be actually sitting in, literally yeah. in the exhaust yeah. of the car in yeah. front of you. And, uh, and this is not possible in Formula no. 1. And, no. and even in the sports car championship, those cars have so become so fast. So you can be, so you can be this, also this also means the differences between yeah. them yeah. are exacebated, right? Yeah. Or are bigger. Whereas with touring cars, they are not that fast. So the differences can also not be that big. And this allows for close racing. It's not it's not, or it wasn't uncommon for, let's say, 10 cars to be in a chain even in the last lap. I mean, maybe overtaking was still difficult, but they would be close um, to each other. So, yeah, this, this makes for good racing, and I think it is more fun for the drivers, and it is more fun for the viewers. So, yeah, scrap Formula One, um, promote the touring, the touring cars, and... Um, Ignore all that, what happened Absolutely. before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yeah, this concludes, uh, uh, I think, our petrol head talk for, uh, April. for mm -hmm. April. Thank you very much for the first well. time we have been on time. On time. Yes. Um, yes. It's, um, early it's early April, we did it. And yeah, from now on, I hope we will be able to keep a tight schedule, a better schedule. And yeah, see you with the other guys. And Maybe some politicians. Hopefully. We'll be cool. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for watching. and See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Next time, hopefully, with the studio. That's going to be really good.